Thunderbird. You'll listen to classic 1950s and 1960s rock and roll with dedications and a little trivia thrown in. For newcomers to the early rock and roll scene, I hope you enjoy the vocals and instrumentals that have helped prove rock and roll is here to stay. This doctor's prescription is an early morning healthy dose of classic 1950s and 1960s rock and roll is definitely good for your soul. Join us every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 a.m. on my Rockin' with the Doc show on KXFM Human Crafted Radio. KXRN LP. Lagoon and Egal, Lagoon Beach. Member supported. KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews. Interviews again, Rainbow Radio, Craig, every Saturday. Oh, 
This is Craig on Rainbow Radio here in lovely little Laguna, our little fabulous little village here on the on the Pacific Ocean, overlooking uh, <laughs> the beautiful Pacific. And today it is a little cloudy. The weather. Let's get right to it. Morning clouds will give way to afternoon sunshine. High around seventy degrees. Wind five to to uh, oh ten from the south. Uh, ten to fifteen miles an hour. Humidity at 72%, and let's look ahead to the week. It says, well, it's quite a repeat. <laughs> sunny, 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 sunny. Uh, 74 degrees uh, to 80 degrees for the entire week. Uh, chance of per precipitation is in uh, is around 7%, 5 to 7% throughout the week. So the coming week is going to be sun. You better be Sunny, you better be prepared for it. Um, Sunday, we will still have a, a few clouds tomorrow. So um, that is the weather report. If that's all you need to know today, well, our our my work is done. <laughs> you know, sometimes we feel that way. But, you know, I will carry on just in case you want to know more here uh, in lovely Laguna Beach. Um, I, I, when I walked in uh, oh, about 20 minutes ago, I couldn't see Catalina. And then within about 15 minutes, I can now see uh, the beginnings of Catalina across the ocean there. So I guess, I don't know what that means, but um, it's funny that um, in the morning, you usually can't see Catalina, it seems like. And I have a friend who always said, well, they tow it away. Don't you know that? And then they bring it back later on in the afternoon. Okay, fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, oh, glad you're here on this uh, uh Wonderful uh, morning here, Saturday, the um, 17th of September. If you're out and about in the LGBTQ community, I should warn you that uh, it is a gay day, Anaheim, or gay days, Anaheim, uh, which is Disney. Uh, they estimate around 35,000 people show up with red shirts on, and it's at the... Um, I think it's a California Experience Hotel. It's their headquarters. But you can go online and just do Gay Days Anaheim, and there's all the details. It's actually started yesterday. I think around 8 p.m. was their kickoff, and it goes through Sunday. So there's activities all weekend long. If you're out and about and you want a little diversion, it's Gay Days at, at Disneyland. Um, I, if you're not familiar with it, usually uh, to be identified if you don't. <laughs> exude that um i guess that uh but if you don't exude gayness i guess uh, you wear red so um i did go about three years ago and I, my most memorable moment was when a couple of those uh little electric carts that people um rent had it there was a traffic accident <laughs> i don't know why i find it so funny but I guess it isn't, but they got they got attached to one another, and they're having quite a time getting them unattached. And 
Uh, it was it was too crowded, but they've I think Disney has uh, remedied that, and they're only letting so many people in the park on a regular basis now, because uh, COVID came into the into the mix of it too. So, which is good because I do think there for a while they they overloaded the park, and uh, there were a lot of unhappy people because the wait the wait li- the lines were way too long, and the wait time was way too long. So. Anyway, I hope that's been remedied, but uh, I guess you'll find out if you go out there today or tomorrow um, and enjoy the weekend at a Disney. Um, September, or no, October 10th, uh, Laguna Beach Pride is going to have a business meeting, kind of meeting for LGBTQ people, businesses, and um, well, it's open to everyone. I, I will not say we will discriminate, absolutely not. But it it is um, designed to address the specific issues that may come up with the LGBTQ community in in business and employment in in and the operation of businesses and how to make it a much more welcoming situation for everyone. How to I guess fit in. <laughs> That's a good thing. So that we'll that we'll have more of that on the website as it as it. Uh, as we develop it, we are looking for location. We prefer uh, would prefer to have it at a uh, a business, a actual business location that uh, in Laguna Beach, and uh, usually about thirty to I go thirty to sixty people will show up, and it's kind of a mixer, like a chamber mixer, is what it turns out to be. So that could be fun. That's the only thing. other thing we have lined up. There will be more because we're still reeling from the summer and kind of regrouping, as, I, as they say. Yeah. So let's get along to, on this day in history, let's not waste any time. Um, uh, today is September 17th, as I said, and uh, we will um, start off. Yeah. I, uh, there was some interesting stuff, uh, and I, some of it I wanted to scratch off the list. I edit some of this. I will warn you <laughs> some of it. Some of it's like, who cares? <laughs> some of it is like, oh, I didn't know and I need to know more. So with that in mind, in 1970, on this day in history, in 1972, MASH premieres. Oh, wow. That's a long time ago. On CBS, introducing the world to corporate Max Klinger. Television's first ongoing transvestite, but still heterosexual character. Um, it was, um, I don't know what to make of that character. <laughs> it was, he, he was, I don't know if it was a slap in the face or if it was, but it, it was written with in good, good intentions, I suppose we could say that. In 1979, then Governor Jerry Brown appoints Stephen M. Locks the first oh to the los angeles superior court making him the nation's first openly gay judge 79 thank you jerry jerry was pretty forward thinking there was some rumors about him apparently he uh, supposedly had a relationship with um what's her face oh god i had it there a minute ago uh and um there was never a family or anything. So you got to wonder, you know, like Liberace, he had, you know, he got married. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't care. 
Jerry Brown did a lot of good things. And I, I think more recently, he really helped out California after some, it got itself in a, in a tight spot when he came back, I feel. But that's my opinion. And they said we can have our opinions here. So don't, don't, don't send me any hate messages, please. In 1986, arch conservative Antonian Scala, I cannot say it right. Antonin Scala, I'm not saying that right. It's not coming. Joins the U.S. Supreme Court. We know who he is, right? In 2007, Maryland Court of Appeals overturns a lower court ruling in Dean Poiliak and Conway versus Conway and rules that the Maryland Constitution does not require the state to recognize or sanction same sex marriage. Uh, so on the lower court said it could, and the upper court said it doesn't have to. So that's too bad. <laughs> In 2011, Alaska Supreme Court Judge Frank Feifner rules that denying same-sex couples and senior citizens and uh, the senior citizen and property tax exemption given to mixed-sex couples violates the state's constitution guarantee of equal protection. How about that? That's in Alaska. They're a little, they're like a, a wild card up there in Alaska. You never know what to expect. <laughs> that takes care of September 17th. Moving along September 18th. In 1980, the Toronto Board of Education adopts a policy banning discrimination based on sexual orientation while, this is 1980, while adding a clause forbidding proselytizing of homosexuality in the schools. Hmm. Okay, in 1981, the film Mommy Dearest, oh yes, opens simultaneously glorifying and condemning gay icon Joan Crawford. That was quite a movie, I have to say. In no hangers, no wire hangers, yeah. In 2003, the bill to repeal Section 28, this is in the UK, of course, in the remaining parts of the United Kingdom, England and Wales and Northern Ireland. Did you get that, Lynn? <laughs> receives royal assent. Section 28 had already been repealed within Scotland in 2000. And the UK's repeal becomes active on November 18th. Royal assent, I guess, is their term for it's being torn down, taken away, you know, whatever, which is all good. I'm happy about that. Yeah. Uh, no, no disappointment there. Oh, I better make sure no one's trying to sign in on on uh, Zoom. Nope. Okay, moving along to November, uh, September uh, 19th. On this day in history, organized by activist Randy Wicker, a small group picketed New York City's Whitehall Street Induction Center. Oh, I remember this. I gotta, I gotta quit saying that. I don't remember. This is 1964. Please. <laughs> I read about it in history books. Uh, uh, center after the confidentiality of gay men's draft records was violated. This action has been identified as the first gay rights demonstration in the United States. In other words, the people that identified themselves as gay and uh, were not uh, admitted into the armed services, the armed services maintained a list of those individuals and they ultimately shared it with the public. And um, they felt that... Uh, obviously, that that information should remain 
confidential, and I totally agree. Uh, it's a person's decision. In 1970, in Sydney, Australia, John Ware and uh, Chris Tabell Pohl, founders of the newly formed Campaign Against Moral Persecution, Inc., Camp Inc., <laughs> became the first gay man and the first lesbian, respectively, of course, to come out in the country's history when an interview featuring them is published in the newspaper The Australian. Nineteen seventy, they came out publicly in nineteen seventy. Wow! So that's fifty-two years ago. Well, times have been changed. Nineteen eighty-five, AIDS fundraising becomes a cause for celeb Mathilda Krim, Grand, and very influential Dom of the American Foundation for AIDS Research. The Grand Dame co-hosts the first Hollywood benefit with Elizabeth Taylor. Rod Stewart and Bette Midler are among the attendees. You know, I remember when Bette and, well, particular, particularly Elizabeth Taylor, did so much and stepped forward so much. It was wonderful. Reminds me of a great movie with her and Paul Newman, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. If you haven't seen it, it is about Paul Newman being a gay person, having a special affair with his friend. And uh, I remember watching it. I didn't see it when it was out. It's a long, it's a long while. But I think I was like in my 30s, which is a few years ago. And I watched the movie for the first time um, on, I don't know, TV or YouTube. Somewhere I found it. And I asked my mom, who obviously watched it when it was first released and was familiar with it, because I was curious about the characters, and particularly Paul Newman, who had this special friend, and Liz Taylor, who couldn't seem to get it together with him. And he he uh, was reluctant to consummate a relationship with her. And the family that all thought that he should and uh, in the movie. And, and um, Cat on a Hot Tin Roof, oh, my God. And Big Daddy was Burl Ives, and um, he was dying. So the whole family was rallying around and wondering who was going to get the money. And they were trying to discredit Paul because he never got married. And I don't know. It's a wonderful movie. And But I asked my mother if that was a gay situation. Because they don't, in the movie, they don't outwardly say it. But in that at that time in the in the movies, they never did. Uh, they 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 wrote the movies so that if you were gay, you understood what it was what was going on, and if you weren't, you could uh, easily miss that part of it. And so my mother, who was a brilliant person, I might add, <laughs> my mother said, "Oh yeah, that was that was definitely about being gay." And I, I go, whoa, <laughs> that long ago. And anyway, uh, if you watch it with that in mind, and, and it, to me it makes a lot more sense than just to watch it. Otherwise, it's just an angry family, uh, angry over an estate and a dying, uh, you know, family leader who was Burl Ives. And I remember there's one line in it, the mendacity 
the mendacity, I had to look it up. Mendacity is about the lying, thieving, stealing uh, BS that goes on. And, and uh, that's one big word that Burl Ives used. What I can't stand, son, is the mendacity of it all. And I go, what's mendacity? Yeah. Anyway, I digress, but that's a wonderful movie. If you want to see it, I think every LGBTQ person ought to see it. What was, because it's, it's a bit about a cultural history, you know, um, that we, that I guess a generation before experienced and how a story was told in a way that uh, the LGBTQ community could understand and uh, get, get a hold of. Uh, and yet it didn't affect was not considered offensive to the general populace <laughs> as it were, but no, it's a wonderful movie. and got a lot of uh, uh, awards, I believe. Uh, uh, how couldn't it not with Liz Taylor and Paul Newman and Burl Ives and some other great actors and actresses who were involved in it. Cat on a hot tin roof. Hmm. <laughs> Boy, did I digress on that one, but <laughs> I certainly did. And speaking of my mother, I'm going to digress, digress some more. This, this uh, Roe versus Wade, if I have to say, I may not have had a mother if she could not have gotten an abortion because and I just, I just throw that out there. Um, if she was, had been forced to, to take the fourth child in our family to term, but it was a very high probability that she would die. And were it not for our family doctor who um, took cause with her and got the state, got the um, statement of three other doctors, so they had a consensus of four doctors, that she would likely die and take it to court and get get it get a judgment that uh, it was okay to get have this abortion. Um, and I remember our family doctor said to my mother, because we were three little brothers, and we, we were all towhead brothers, blonde, little blonde hair. There's a great picture of us all sitting on the fireplace hearth, uh, and we're all got this really blonde hair. And he said, I can't imagine your three little boys without a mother and that you, I, 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 that's why I'm doing this. And, um, which I just thought, Oh, Oh my goodness. And my mom told me this, you know, cause I asked her that I was probably, she's since passed, but I've asked her that at some point when in adulthood, cause I was curious. So uh, when you have a chance to ask your parents questions do, cause you may not have that opportunity later. Anyway, so I I listened to Roe versus Wade, and I I just like oh my God, I, I can't imagine my world without a mother, and that's one of the one of the bad things that it's um can do. All right, all right, I've digressed way too far on that. Where do, was I? <laughs> oh, I was um yeah. Uh, Let's get back to uh, September 20th in, uh, in, on this day in history. Um, we were talking about uh, moving on. In 1958, New York City lesbians, including Barbara Gettings, uh, hold the first daughter, Daughters of Billets 
New York meeting at the offices of Medicine Society in New York. The chapter is the first lesbian organization on the East Coast. <laughs> of many to follow. That's 1958. That's pretty progressive. 1973 in Houston, Billie Jean King defeats male chauvinist. And boy, he was. Oh, he, he played the game. Bobby Riggs in a tennis battle of the sexes. Uh, yeah. And, and she showed him. She had... <laughs> Uh, in 1996, in Saudi Arabia, 24 Fil Filipino workers uh, received the first of 50 lashes of their 200-lash sentence for alleged homosexual behavior. Despite protests from Amnesty International, the government goes ahead with the sentence and later deports the workers. Why didn't they just, you know, deport them? Did they, if that's what they, I don't know. Why did they do anything? In 2011, Don't Ask, Don't Tell, the law which since 1973 has excluded LGBTQ people from serving openly in the U.S. military, expires nine months after it was legislatively repealed. The United States Army is the first branch of the military to announce officially that the exclusionary policy is over. That was 2011. And things changed. I, I remember listening to those hearings in 2011. I was shocked at our, the military leaders that were so supportive of gay people in the military. And they talked, spoke very clearly how not having them and ask, asking them to hide it was much more of a threat than having them, because uh, asking them to hide them put the, put, put, the military more at risk than being open about it. And when you listen to their arguments, it made sense. And these are all, you know, military leaders, not gay people. <laughs> well, that we know. All right, moving along to September 21st in 1955 in our fair city, San Francisco, four lesbian couples, including Phyllis Lyon, Del Martin, and Del Martin, Found to the Daughters of Billets, uh, the first homophile, homophile organization exclusively for women. In 1982, the Oklahoma Supreme Court awards custody of two boys to their divorced gay father. This is Oklahoma. Remember that. Declaring homosexuality itself or in, isn't in itself grounds for ruling a parent unfit. In Oklahoma. Wow, and ain't, I should, that's really derogatory attitude towards Oklahoma. But, oh, well, i sorry. Sorry, Oklahoma. But at least in 1982, that was, I think, a very right decision to make. In 1993, Married with Children's, Amanda Barres, B-A-R-C, talks about being a lesbian in an advocate interview. She's the first primetime television star to come out. Uh, she was the neighbor lady. Everyone thinks it was Peg, but she was, she was the neighbor lady. Uh, Peg was <laughs> something else, wasn't she? In 1996, the United States President Bill Clinton signs the Defense of Marriage Act, boo, boo, DOMA, into law. DOMA allows individual states to refuse to recognize same-sex marriages performed in other jurisdictions and creates federal definitions for the terms marriage and spouse. Mm -hmm. 
later on it got uh, deemed unconstitutional, just so you know, but that was 1996. In 2010, New York Governor David Peterson signs a bill into law allowing unmarried couples, including same-sex couples, to adopt children. Mm-hmm. In 2010, the new law also replaces the term husband and wife with a new gender-neutral married couples. Moving forward quickly in New York. <laughs> Thank you, David Patterson. Moving along to September 22nd on this day in history for this week. In, ooh, going way back. Now, this is definitely before my time. 1676. <laughs> That's before Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right? In 1676, Governor Edmund Andros of New York issues an order extending the 1665 sodomy law of New York into what are now Pennsylvania and Delaware. Isn't that lovely? Well, they're trying to legislate those morals. Hope they know that never works. In 1965, Emmy-winning actor, producer, writer, scandals David Buczynski is born in New York City. In 2002, in Switzerland, voters in the canton of Zurich vote 63 to 37% to give same-sex couples the same legal rights as married opposite-sex couples. This includes tax, inheritance, Social Security benefits, and Social Security benefits. These rights are only given to same-sex couples who live in Zurich, Canton, and who register with the government promising to live together and support each other for six months. But however, that's wonderful in Switzerland. Okay, moving along to the year 2005, the American Medical Association, the AMA, President Edward Hill, M.D., gives a keynote address to the delegates of the Gay and Lesbian Medical Association, GLMA, at the organization's annual conference being held in Montreal. Montreal. His, in his speech, he acknowledges past unfair treatment of GLMA members and G LGBT physicians by the American Medical Association. Wow. 2005. Follow the science. There you go. And on this last day, the last day of the week in this day in history, September 23rd, 1970, on the CBS television series Medical Center, a medical researcher announces, I am a homosexual. There you go, Brian. Although his condition is portrayed as unfortunate, of course it would be in 1970. And usually they have a tragic ending on it, on top of it. At least they portrayed him, I suppose. The program is acclaimed as the first sympathetic treatment of a gay man in an American TV drama. Well, yippee-doo. <laughs> in 1998, the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit in Abel versus the United States of America rules that the government's preferred reasons for passing Don't Ask, Don't Tell Tell pass national rational basis review reversing the district court. Hmm. 
Okay. Yes, they said it was okay. In 2004, California Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger signs SB 1234, a bill that defines the legal term hate crime, which includes LGBT-motivated violence for all state and local agencies, encourages the creation of local law enforcement hate crime protocols, and increases hate crime awareness training for law enforcement officers. Good on you, Arnold. Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, I, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so that's on this day in history. We will be right back with uh, some more lovely news, uh, uh, maybe around the world, as I like to say, in just a few minutes here. Thank you. 
Let's hope every day is a bright, sunshiny day. Yes. So, um, as I do every week, I go through the international world news, and I try to, I try to water it down a bit. I will admit to that, and um, just kind of do the more um, light and more good news because there is uh, an abundance of less fortunate news out there when you look at it from a global perspective. And so, but this time I'm going to just read everything. It is what it is, you know, and hold on to your seats a bit. Um, but it's just the headlines. I'm not going to go delve deep into any of it. Just give you, just give you a bird's eye view of what I see every week. But before I do that, I want to talk about one item that I find um, would be nice if there, um, if we could all kind of get on task with it. And it's uh, about an, a bill before our legislature in D.C. that's called the Employment Non-Discrimination Act. Now, we would think that there is non-discrimination uh, against employment on an, uh, everywhere uh, with, a, with LGBTQ, but that's not the case. There are states where uh, you can still be fired. There are, um, that there's no protection. Um, there are, there's, it's going on and it's not stopped. So uh, there's, an, uh, there's a bill before Congress that has been presented twice and has not succeeded. Um, unfortunately, and just recently, um, on September 12th, it was, um, no, I guess that's when the rally was, but it was recently introduced again and did not pass. And I, I can't believe that it, it should be a national bill and I can't believe that it's not. And they want to attach it to the, um, they actually, they want to amend the equal rights act of, um, that, that came out in the 60s. So if you, I had never heard of it. And so I, I, it, it's worthy because I think that it would be nice to say that everywhere in the United States, that it's illegal to be fired for being homosexual I, I, uh, or lesbian or transvestite or whatever. Uh, what would sexual preference or sexual identity or trans activity have anything to do with your job performance. I, I, that's what I say. Anyway, I'm unanimous in that. <laughs> so youth, this is the headline um, uh, from the Washington Blade. It says, youth activists hold a DC rally for LGBTQ rights. Uh, and this is sad. So this is a national uh, focus. Uh, um, I don't know, amendment to the e Equal Rights Act of uh, the 60s. It says about 100 youth activists, 100, really? That's all we could muster? And their supporters from throughout the country, from uh, throughout the country. I mean, we're, um, we're almost 300 million people in the United States, if you didn't know that. We're 297 million people in the United States. Okay. And about 100 showed up. And their supporters throughout the country turned out for a rally on Monday, September 12th in D.C. 
D.C.'s John Marshall Park near the U.S. Capitol to call on Congress to pass the LGBTQ non-discrimination legislation known as the Equality Act. That's what they titled the bill. At least a dozen uh, participants who identified as LGBTQ college or high school students spoke at the rally, with several expressing concern that the Equality Act was stalled in the U.S. Senate by Republican-led filibuster after being approved two times by the U.S. Senate House during the past two years. A statement released by Advocates for Youth, a D.C. group that organized the rally, said that the youth activists participating in the rally had mounted a, a letter-writing campaign ahead of the event in which more than 200 letters were sent to U.S. Senators urging them to support the Equality Act. So 200 letters? Really? Isn't this really an important issue, especially considering all of what is going on. Um, so I thought, well, I'm going, let's see what's going on with regard to who's trying to get it put ahead and who's trying to get rid of it. So there is a, a, a religious organization petition to stop the um, Equality Act. And it's um, they're they've got a writing campaign that has gone off the rails. I mean, it's gone crazy, and they're claiming it will cause incest, necrophilia, pedophilia, zoophilia, bestiality, voyeurism, frontierism, man rubbing against a woman's buttocks. It's going to cause that. Um, Coprophilia, sexual arousal from feces. Uh, and euphoriophilia, sexual arousal from urine. That's what this um, that's what this religious organization is claiming it's going to do, uh, this Equality Act. That's what it's going to cause. And that it should be, should not be passed, that we should discriminate against it. And it's headlined by George Gordon James Klingenschmidt, also known as Dr. Chap. And he's a national TV show host. Uh, on the NRB network at the Colorado Uni Christian University. What a Christian. I mean, it just, and why has only 100 people shown up and only 200 letters were written? I just, now there's an organization trying to, to support it, and it's what you need to know, they say, about the Equality Act. And there's, they explain what, how it will affect employment, housing, your credit, ratings, your jury service, federally funded programs, public spaces and service. The Equality Act protects and advances religious liberty. And uh, they have a conclusion, which I will read. The Equality Act would meaningfully expand civil rights protections for many Americans and advance equal treatment for LGBTQ people, people, women, people of faith, people of color, the concrete benefits of the landmark civil rights laws that it would amend are clear. It is time to extend these benefits equally to all. So I, why, why is this buried? Why is this not, um, why is this not in front of everyone on, I, on, well, particularly in the LGBTQ community? I just, I can't fathom why this legislation is so 
down the food chain. <laughs> it's it's disturbing, um, and and disturbing when the vitriol is so negative and so so horrible, and to say things that that you know, it's like if if you can instill a level of fear. Uh, and you can motivate people, unfortunately. Um, youth activists hold a DC rally for LGBTQ rights. If you want to know more about it, and you can go to Alturi, A-L-T-U-R-I, and it's listed as one of their uh, news articles and um, you can that links to these other stories about it. But it's called the Equality Act. And, it, it, you know, we should have a rally on Main Beach for it. <laughs> Uh, but I digress. I have about five more minutes here. So I'm going to run through the headlines as quickly as I can in the next five minutes and kind of give you an overview of what I see every week. And um, let's start it off in Lebanon. In Lebanon's anti-LGBT soldiers of God, at the end of June, a widely circulated video showing a floral display installed for Pride Month in Beirut is being van being vandalized. The video was shot by perpetrators themselves, the group who call themselves the Soldiers of God. The group says they are fighting against civil marriage and abuses committed by the LGBT community in Lebanon. So the Soldiers of God are anti-LGBTQ. Lovely in that's lovely in Lebanon. In Singapore, they cancel culture legislation amid gay marriage debate. So they're they're. <clears throat> they're having a gay marriage debates and they because they feel that in Singapore it's going to cause a lot of angst that they're probably going to pull any of the debates because it caused they don't want it to be debated because it's going to cause too much controversy so don't debate it that's a real good real good idea the Singapore law minister law minister says cancel culture rules may be included in legislation in the near future as the government looks to protect residents against online pressure over expressing views on topics, including the ongoing debate on LGBTQ rights. They don't want you to overexpress your views. Now, isn't that throttling back freedom of speech? Mm -hmm. The government is preparing to repeal a colonial era law that criminalizes sex between men while reinforcing a traditional definition of marriage between man and women, sparking fierce reactions online. We should be encouraging people to be able to express their viewpoints on all sides as long as it's not offensive and doesn't descend into hate speech. Uh, so if it does, they're going to not let you have that debate. All right, that's what's going on in Singapore. Moving on to Siberian Pride, officially banned after threats. The Euro Pride was launched on September 12th. Its opening passed without incidents. However, on Tuesday, the Siberian authorities officially banned the event. The Pride Parade scheduled for this Saturday is canceled even as the planned counter demonstration interior uh, even the they have a counter the anti parade uh, pride event interior minister uh Valin says nonsensical conflicts in the streets of belgrade endanger the safety of participants and the march and other citizens the organizers of lgbtq event will do Everything in their power to reverse the decision they announced earlier, their intense protest by religious and nationalist groups, which oppose the LGBT agenda. Thousands of people marched to protest against the event. The, uh, even th uh, threatened participants of the gay parade with violence. Lovely. Moving along to 
Norway. LGBTQ Solidarity March in Norway for canceled pride parades. So they canceled another parade. Hundreds of people marched through the Norwegian capital on Saturday in an LGBTQ Solidarity event to honor pride parade that was canceled in June after a deadly shooting outside a popular gay bar. Marchers in the rainbow train passed the central Oslo nightclub district where a man identified as Mentapur shot and killed two men and injured several others outside a London pub June 25th, just hours before the planned start of the parade. Norwegian citizen Mentapur is being held on suspicion of murder. Attempted murder and terrorism. His motive for the shooting remains unclear. Please say he is say it's a hate crime, possibly. Okay. All right. Moving on to Montana. Hmm. Permanently blocks transgender birth certificate changes. Lovely. Montana health officials Friday made permanent rule that blocks transgender people from changing their birth certificates, even if they undergo gender confirming surgery. The move by Republican Governor Greg Gioforti uh, administration comes just days before the court will hear arguments over the legality of the similar rule that has been in effect on an emergency basis since May. The ACLU of Montana has asked that Judge Michael Moses to strike down the emergency rule. Moses in April had temporarily blocked the 2021 Montana law that made it difficult for transgender people to change their birth certificates. The law said people had to have a surgical procedure before they could change their sex listed on their birth certificate. Giafonte, um, Giafonte's administration went further and blocked changes to birth certificates even after surgery. No way you're going to get it changed. Go to another state, I guess. Moving along to Iran. I want to see the rainbow flag raised in Iran. For the first time, two women known to have been lesbians have been sentenced to death in Iran. It is a new stage in the Islamic Republic's persecution of LGBTQ people. My biggest hope is that life... His life is to raise the rainbow flag in Iran and shout this fact that we exist. What am I doing? Oh, I got one minute. I got to move right along. Moving on to Hungary. Queer Hungarians in Berlin, we can finally hold hands in public. I guess this is good news. <laughs> Over the past years, a situation for LGBTQ individuals in many UE countries has improved, even often only haltingly. But Hungary is another story. These homophobia and transphobia have become not only staples of government policy, but also national ideology. Since the end of 2020, the country's constitution has contained indirectly homophobic passages in addition to the following sentence. The mother is a woman. Oh, no, it's not. What happens is that it, it, in Hungary, they can't hold hands, so they went, they moved to Berlin. And Hungary is very anti-gay, and that's what the, the, it's bad news. I'm sorry. It's all bad news. Moving along to uh, Yeshev University, can bar LGBTQ rub for, club for now, the justice rules. This is in the United States. Justice Sonia Sotomayor said Friday that uh, Yesheva University in Manhattan can now, can for now disregard a state court ruling that ordered it to recognize the LGBTQ student club, a case that she said it should be considered by the Supreme Court. So here we go. It's going to go to the Supreme Court. The U.S. ruling for the Supreme Court in Manhattan in June was celebrated by gay students for their support, but it was condemned by administrators of the college. 
a, a modern Orthodox Jewish higher education college. They decried, they derided it as an attack on religious freedom and vowed to appeal. So they did, and now it's being going to go to the Supreme Court because they don't want to allow it on campus. No gays on campus. No. Moving along to Sri Lanka, the press says the government won't oppose a bill to decriminalize homosexuality. Well, that would be good. But it has to go through Parliament. Well, so there is one good one out of all those. Tanzania warns against sharing pro-LGBTQ content. Okay. The Tanzanian government has warned against the dissemination of online messages and short videos promoting same-sex relationship. It has also warned that it will take action against administrators of social media groups whose members are pro-LGBTQ. They will pull them from the, um, they'll shut them down. Okay. And moving on to Italy, politicians in Italy are freaking out over lesbian polar bears in a British cartoon. So they portrayed a couple it's animation, and they portrayed a couple of polar bears as gay, and so they're all upset about it. Uh, um, okay, moving along to Russia. Uh, uh, Russian so-called gay propaganda law has banned the promotion of non-traditional sexual values. Uh, now they're they're ramp amping it up. Would uh, expand the scope of the law by banning denial of family values and the promotion of non-traditional sexual orientations to all ages. They just, uh, they used to just have it for younger youngsters. Now it's for all ages. So that's a, a brief sample of uh, two, uh, of one week of news, as I see every week uh, in the world, around the world, including the United States. And with that, I think my time is up. And I see Ada May is about ready. So I'm going to say thank you for tuning in. I'll be back next week. I look for an article out Monday about why there should be a gay bar in Laguna Beach. I've, I've authored it. It will be in Stu News, from what I understand. I think they've approved it. And um, so, yeah, look in Stu News for an article authored by none other than Craig. It's uh, under the uh, title of Rainbow Reflections, because we, after all, we love that rainbow. Thanks for tuning in here on KXFM. 104.7. Oh, and don't forget KX Fest Wednesday, October 26th. We'll be celebrating 10 years of KXFM at the Festival of Arts with a full casino, a silent auction, artists creating masterpieces, four amazing bands, teardrop social, top shelf brass band, Cayucas, and flashback heart attack. Tickets are on sale for $85. Go to KXFM Radio. Click the banner at the top, kxfmradio.org. Thanks for tuning in. We love you. We will see you next week, same time, same place. Say hello to Ida May here in just a few minutes. Hello there, folks. <laughs> there needs to be a gay bar in this town. What in the world? Yes, absolutely. It should be the way. <laughs> <laughs>